everyone, welcome back from wherever you may have been over Shavuos. And again, we thank uh, Terry and Dennis Eisenberg for sponsoring the Sunday morning shiurim. We are going to continue to discuss for one more week, that's this week, the topic of uh, Tumas Kohanim. And this particular shah that we're going to discuss today is somewhat related to the shah that we discussed before Shavuos. Before Shavuos, we were discussing the possibility of a Kohen going to medical school, and we saw that there were a number of poskim who thought that uh, if a Kohen was very um, felt from a young age and very much wanted to go to medical school, he felt that that was his calling to become a doctor. So there was room, perhaps, there was room, perhaps, according to some poskim, in being makel in such an endeavor. And um, but wait, so related to that topic, but not the same topic, is what's become somewhat of a popular shalat to be discussed is the topic of Kohanim flying over cemeteries in a plane. So um, we're assuming that if they're flying over a cemetery, it's going to be in a plane. So um, so let's uh, jump in. You'll see in front of you the Mar Makomos. There are so many details in this shalat, which we're not going to get, be able to get to every detail, but I'm going to try as best as I can to uncomplicate a complicated sugya. And that's the sugya of Tumah and Kohanim. So um, let's just break it down. Basically, obviously, the issue is that a kohen um, is not allowed to become tamei to a mace. That we saw in Parshas Amor, the nefesh lo yitama ba'amav. That's Amor lakana b'nei Aaron. There's an iser for a kohen to become tamei to a mace to a corpse. And we also mentioned that there is a machlokas, and this relates to the other shaila about a kohen going to medical school. That there's a shaila of whether a um, what corpse is it that that actually can emit a uh, tumah, can, can be metamid. So is it only a mace Yisrael or even a mace guy? The Pasuk says, Adam Kiyomus Ba'ohel. The um, Chazal Darshan, Adam Kiyomus Ba'ohel, Atem Kriyam Adam Ve'en Goyim Kriyam Adam, which implies that only a Jew is able to be metamid, the person who comes into contact with it, as opposed to a non-Jew. But we already saw that Rav Shem Bar Yochai has a drasha. This is only with regards to Tumas Ohel, not with regards to Tumas Magu Umasa. So therefore, a mace guy that, comes at, that one comes into contact with, will, you will become Tameh from touching or from carrying a corpse of a non-Jew. It's only Tumas Ohel, which means that you're not touching the, you're touching the corpse. You're just simply in the same room or you're hovering above the corpse. So that type of Tumah, the mace guy is not able to uh, to give off. And, um, but there is a sheet of Yureim, and this is part of the heter, the beginning of the heter. It's not the whole heter. It's the beginning of the heter that some posts can bring, that the Yureim, and maybe the rabbit, other positions perhaps hold, other shitas perhaps hold, that a maize guy is not matame at all, and therefore, in Chutzlaritz, if one goes to medical school, we can rely on a rove, perhaps, that uh, most of the mason that are being worked on in the, uh, in the medical schools are mace Goyim, and therefore there's no tum at all, and therefore you could even go to an anatomy class, and not only be in the anatomy class in the same room as the maze guy, but even be involved in the dissection as well. But again, that shita we do not rely on the chlal in general, but perhaps in this case we can use it as what we call a snifla hakel. That being said, the shah that comes up with the Kohan, and particularly flying over cemeteries, relates to this because certainly uh, the Kohan that's in the plane is not touching the mace. It's, uh, at most it's being, becoming tummy, the Kohen's becoming tummy through what we would call Tumas Ohel. What's Tumas Ohel? That Tumas Ohel applies either you're in the same room as a mace or you're hovering on top of the mace. So presumably that's a form of Tumas Ohel. So when one's flying over a cemetery, even if he's in a plane, so then the Tumas of the mace shoots up. That's a cloud that we say that Tumas 
Bokas, the Ola Adler Rakia, that the Tumah has the capacity to be able to shoot out or to be able to rise up and be metame anything that's in its way above it, Adler Rakia. And therefore, Tumah Bokas, the Olas, Adler Rakia, therefore the Tumah would become, um, the Tumah would be a problem as well um, if one flies over because it was what we would call Tumas Oel, Tumas Bokas, the Olas, Adler Rakia. That's a very good question. The truth is that we find this concept in many places. It's not just by Tumah. We find it by Tchumen. There's a shallow that maybe Tchumen can be... There's a shallow whether Tchumen, the Isra of Tchumen, applies above 10 Tvachim. So the shallow is how high does it go? Or the, the halach is... Rishus HaYachet is Bokaz, Viola Allah Rakiya. When it's a Rishus HaYachet, even if your fence is only 10 Tvachim high, the status of that Rishus HaYachet of your backyard that is, in, that is fenced in has the status of Rishus HaYachet even up to the sky. So the question that Drone already asks, well, how high does it go? How high does it go? So the truth is, look at the language. Bokaz Viola... Up to the sky, but not in the sky, not above the sky. So how high is high? That's a good question. Rav Shachta deals with that in his Sefer Be'ek V'yatzon. See, Jordan thought he was making a joke, but that's actually part of the Shiloh. So that's part of, part of the Shiloh. Yes? It doesn't. It doesn't. Yes, it doesn't. That's not the way Tumor works. Why that is, is a good question. It's a good question. Yes? Huh? That's another good question. That's another good question. So you have to deal with two Shilas. One, if the mace is on up in the plane. And two is if you're flying over a cemetery. Two related Shilas. Obviously, they're related Shilas. That's what we have to discuss also. Let's begin. Again, we're not going to do much inside. A Kohen cannot go to a hospital. That's correct. You've heard of a Kohen? No. Have you ever walked into a hospital? That's because you're not a Kohen. Are there any Kohanim here? Okay, Matthew, so do you go into hospitals? Uh huh. Okay. In the last few years? Uh huh. Okay, okay, so. Generally speaking, you can visit the sick, just not in the hospital. You can visit the sick, just not in the hospital. The assumption is that in a hospital, if you know that there's a morgue in the hospital and it hasn't been halakhically set up so that a Kohen is not be able to walk in, which most hospitals are not halakhically set up. And even if they are halakhically set up, people die in their rooms also in hospitals. People get better and people also don't get better. That's what happens in hospitals. So, uh, so Kohen so Kohen's not allowed to go into hospital. That's pretty, that's pretty clear. Again, you have to, if you, then you can't go into any place. Yeah, I don't think so. A nursing home doesn't have a morgue. I don't think so. 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 Okay, but people. Of course, it happens. It happens. People. People die in shul too. People die in shul too. People die in planes. People die everywhere. So you, uh, people die. You don't. You don't have to. Not a coin doesn't have to. A coin can exist in the world and not have to worry that people are going to die. But in a hospital where there's a morgue where it holds people that die, so then that coin should not be going into a hospital. Stop. But if it's going to a nursing home where people are alive and when people die they're taken out of the hospital, pretty up out of the nursing home fairly quickly. And I think it's fair to say that at any given moment, at any given moment, at any given moment, I think it's fair to say that a nursing home, there is not a dead person in the nursing home. 
And then they give a moment in a hospital, it's fair to say that there is a dead person in the hospital. So then a Cohen can't go into a hospital, but he can go into a nursing home. So, but, but if someone dies, he should leave the nursing home. That's what happened to my Rav. I think I mentioned to you, my Rav is a Cohen, the Weizenblatt. And during Oz Yashir, about 25, 30 years ago, the person behind me, an old man behind me died in the middle of Shul. And the, 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 the Rav wasn't a doctor, he was a Kohen, there was nothing he could do, he walked out of the Shul. Why? Because a Kohen can't be in the same house as a Mason. That's for Shoyitam Abahamav. That's the halacha of a Kohen. Well, you rush out, no period of time. When you know that he dies, you leave. Of course. No, you become Tame, but you still can't stay in the... You can't stay, even though you become Tame. Yeah, you become Tame. Have any, uh, Generally not, generally not, because the halacha of war, which is in the realm of pikuach nefesh, is docha the iser of tumma. Well, let's say you're in the U.S., you're drafted. Maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure, maybe, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Yes, Victor. Yeah. I think so. No. If he gets sick? What's he supposed to do? Of course he has to go to the hospital. If he gets sick, he has to go to the hospital. He has to be called nefesh. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a problem. I don't know. I don't know if people, that's a problem. Right? It's a problem. High floor is not going to help. High floor is not going to help. Tumma has a very amazing capacity to travel very quickly. Listen, these concepts are hard for us to understand because we don't live with Tumma Vatahara. So when we hear about these things, they're very difficult to understand. So let's just, again, it's a, it's a difficult conceptual ideas that are difficult to explain and to understand. So let's just try to go through some base, very basics and we'll understand whether uh, a Cohen has to try to avoid these types of situations or not. Let's try to understand. So basically, the halacha is that not all the time does Tumma travel. Sometimes Tumma can be capped, it can be blocked, it can be contained. So how is Tumah? What's the halachas containing Tumah? So let's first talk about you're flying over a cemetery or you're in a cemetery. So you're in a cemetery. So do you become Tumah or not? The answer is if just because you're in a cemetery you don't become Tumah. We meant there's no issa for a Kohen to go into a cemetery. There's no, it's, not, it's not a particular... The Torah never says you can't go into a cemetery. The Torah says you can't be metame to a mace if you're a Kohen. Now, in a cemetery there are a lot of dead people. So if you go into a cemetery, the chances are, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to become Tommy to a mace. And even if you do know what you're doing, it's possible that you're going to become Tommy to a mace. Why? Because, okay, I'm walking on the road, I'm not within four amos of any mace to the side of me, but there's a tree. And the tree has the capacity also to be maybe a satsuma from one part of the tree to the edge, to the extreme of the tree. So it's not that you can't go into a cemetery per se, it's that in a cemetery you will become Tommy to a mace. So how does one become Tommy to a mace if he's in a cemetery? You're not touching any mace. He's not going to touch the mace. He's not going to actually, even if he would, even if he would um, you know, be close to the mace, that's not called touching the mace. He's not going to carry the arun. He's not going to touch the mace. The answer is because of what we call Tomas Ohel, that if you're on top of a mace, or if you're under the same awning or tree of a mace, so then you have a problem of what we would call Tomas Ohel, and a Kohen can't become tummy to a mace even through Tomas Ohel. So if a Kohen's in the cemetery, and let's say, he hovers over, he leans over, he walks on top of, or walks over, an aura, not an aura, a mace, a, a, a place where, where someone has been buried. So the loch is that the tumma from the mace travels up through the ground and will be mitami, the kohen. That's the halacha. Tumat valkaz v'yolaz adarakiyah. But the question is usually, at least in America, I think almost always, a mace is buried in an aron. So maybe the aron, or the top of the aron, should cap and block the 
Tumah of the mace from coming through the Aron. So that's the question is, does that happen or not? So the general, rule, the general rule is that if you have something that's on top of a mace, that itself, the thing on top of the mace, is not Makabal Tumah. So now we have to know, oh boy, what's Makabal Tumah? What's not Makabal Tumah? Okay, you have to figure that out. Now you have to know Taharis. You have to know say the You have to know what's makabel tumah. You have to know hokos. You have to know masech the kalim. What is it? What type of kalim? What type of items are makabel tumah? Not makabel tumah. But if the thing on top, if you have something on top of a mace that's not makabel tumah, okay. So let's assume it's not makabel tumah. And between the mace and the thing that on the item on top of the mace is a is the is a space of a tefach, which is about this wide. What is that? Four inches or so. So you have four inches between the mace. And the item on top of the mace, that itself is not makabal tumah. So then, that caps the tumah. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to go into every detail. Let's, you, can't go, you can't go into every detail. It'll take a year, literally, to go into every detail. But if you have something... So now, let's figure out. Danny, you're in the Chevra Kaddisha. Would you say that it's always a case that the mace and the top part of the aron is that there's a space of four inches between the mace and the top part of the aron? Always. Even if you have someone who passed away who's uh, a zafting. Different sizes. Different strokes for different folks. So, not always. You wouldn't say always that's the case, right? Always four. Always four. Always, always going to have at least that space. Okay? So, if we, can, if we can confidently conclude that there's always a space of a tefach, between the mace and the top of the aron. So then we have a tefach. Now the question is, is the top of the aron? What was the second question? Is there a tefach between the mace and what's on top? And the second question is, is, the te- is what's on top, makabal or not makabal Well, I don't know. Is the top of an aron, what's it made from? What's an aron made from? Made from wood. The halacha is that a piece of wood that has the status of a kli is makabal if it doesn't have the status of a cleat, it's not makabotum. How do you determine if it has the status of a cleat? Well, if it's something that can, can hold something else, what we call it's a cleat keyboard, like a wooden cup, that's makabotum. If it's a flat piece of wood, what we call pshute cleats, not makabotum. Oh, well, the top part of the aron is a flat piece of wood. Flat piece of wood. And there's a tefach, as Rabbi Bruckheimer testifies, that there's always a tefach between the mace and the top of the arom, which itself is a flat piece of wood, which is not makabal tumah. So maybe, if that's really the case, if that would be the case, so then every mace is buried in an arom, which is covered as not makabal tumah, and there's a tefach between the mace and the arom, so then there's, it's always capped, you should be able to, so there's no reason not to, for a comrie not to go into a cemetery. Ah, <laughs> good, in America. So, right? So the wood. So let's talk about a few things. First of all, Sam says that's all very nice in Chutzlarts because that's the way we bury mason in Chutzlarts in Eretz Yisrael. We've been to a, a, a burial in Eretz Yisrael. They don't bury it in our own. They bury it in a talus. On top of the talus is, is offer, right? Our offer tashuv. And you're so, just including Jewish burials, right? Yeah. We'll just talk about Jew, even Jewish burials. Non-Jewish burials we don't have to really worry about because we can be makel certainly in this case if that there's no tumah so well by by, by mason goy bechlal. But in Eretz Yisrael, you don't have... So even if you, in theory, before we even talk about the decomposition of the oven itself, of the wood, in theory, you can talk about... Okay, so you have a tefach between the mace and the top, 
and the top is made of wood. It's not makabal tumma. It's what we call it should be chotzeitz. It should block the tumma from going through. So then, in chutzlaritz, maybe you have a maybe you can start with th- at least thinking about a hetter of blocking the tumma from going up. But in Eretz Yisrael, you have no hetter bechlal. And the shadow that comes up, the shadow that came up is that these planes were leaving the El- were leaving uh, Ben Gurion and flying over a cemetery in Cholon. In Eretz Yisrael, where the Jews were buried, in Yisraelim are buried, Jewish cemetery, without Aronim, without Aronos. So therefore, that heter doesn't even begin to get off the ground if you're in Eretz Yisrael. Number two, Dr. Goldberg explains to us that the Aron that you bury the, 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 the person in, it's not going to be an Aron for that long. Eventually it decomposes. And you're not going to have that top anymore. If you don't have that top anymore, so then the dirt falls in. There's nothing capping from the mace to the top of the Aron. In which case, you're just like you're in Eretz Yisrael. And the tumma comes up. So therefore, it's hard to rely, Bechlal, on the fact that the top of the Aron is chotetz b'fnei of the mace that's in the Aron. There are many other reasons why it doesn't work also. But let's just stop with that for now. There's other reasons because the top of the Aron is considered a golel according to Shitas Rashi. And a golel itself is makabal tumah. If you learn brachas yudes. The second reason why perhaps it's not an issue, why it is an issue is because that fancy kula that we just said that something that's on top, a tefach of space that's not makabotum, which is chotzeis is only if it doesn't have the status of what we call a kever sasum which means that's like an ohel but there's a door into the ohel, there's a door in so if there's a door in, you have this special halacha that if there's a space of a tefach with something on top that's not makabotum, it's chotzeis but if there's no way in there's no doorway in, there's no, there's no entrance, then it has this other status called a kever, and a kever is even worse, and everything's chotzeis it, 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 and everything's not chotzeis, and it just the tumor just shoots right up. So this heter of the oven itself is basically non-existent. I just wanted to share it with you because that's where we begin the story. Yes, Danny. In Israel, the, <coughs> the, the mace is put in the ground, but then there's, at least in the Eretz Achayim Cemetery, they put an inverted box, but the, the bottom is, is up, but it's like a three-sided box reversed. Why? Maybe for this reason. Because it's on a mountain. And in order, all the are dug first. So it's for some, for some reason in terms of the, the topology, the topography, okay. They want to keep everything individual. I gotcha, okay. Oh, I see. The Mesa will start rolling. You'll have Gilgal Mechilos before Mashiach comes. Shifting. Okay. Okay, but that box is not probably not going to last long either, I would imagine. It's not wood, it's stone. Stone. Oh, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. In Cleveland, because of water cable issues, Yes. over the coffin, they put this huge stone... But if it's, see, if it's an inverted stone, you have that space of tefach. Yeah. If it's just a stone, also like a hollow stone. But is there a tefach between every part of the mace and the top of this stone? Well, because of the top, yes. Is there going to be... That's, so is there anything between the coffin and the top of the stone? Probably not. I don't know. You have to look more carefully. So look more careful. 
There's a tabak. There's nothing there. Okay, so then that's very interesting. That's very interesting. That if that stone can have the capacity to be chotitz for pneatuma, absolutely, and it's not part of the kever. Right. I don't think it's part of the kever. So that could be that could be an interesting uh, thought. In addition to that, the matzeva. Yeah. So the matzeva in Eretz Yisrael is a flat matzeva, okay. which is covering the entire kever. But is there a space between the matzeva and below it? There's the dirt below it. There's dirt below it. No, I don't mean space. No, no, no. When I'm saying space, I mean air space. Not just that there's a distance. I'm not asking if there's a distance between the matzeva and the maze. Yes, if there's an air... When I say a tevach of space, it means it has to be an air space. So is it, can you be sure that in Eretz Achaim Cemetery, that when you put this inverted stone on there, that no dirt goes in there to fill up that... That space, you're sure about that? Okay, so then you have then you have a chatzitza. You have a chatzitza b'fleatuma. It's not made for that. I'm not sure if that would be an issue. It's not made to hold. I don't think that would be such an issue. I don't think so. Although when they were building the mikvah over here, again a similar shadow that comes up because the 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 the, 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 the way that the water comes into the into the mikvah has to be not in an, in not through. A clee that's a base cable, and they were using screws to hold in the the pipes together. And the screws themselves are made to hold or to be mekabel the screwdriver that goes into the screw. So the screws themselves are but a cable because and they're metal. So the fact that they're metal in itself, you don't even even need it to be a base cable because a pshuta klee matachas, which we'll get to, which is that's what the plane's made of, is mekabel toma bechla. But here you have a you have a screw that in itself, if you think about it. Think about a screw. A screw is made to be a base cable to hold the screwdriver to be able to turn the screw. So these shilas actually, believe it or not, come up in, in many different uh, arenas. Yes, Rabbi Brookheimer. Very good. Okay. Right. 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 Okay. Right. Okay. Good. So good. Good. So let's move. Let's move. As we say, Michael Lachael. We've we first. Let's step one. Step one. Step one. The Aron itself. Unless you're an Eretz Achaim with Danny Turk. Again, I don't know. Again, unless unless you have this, we have to look into this. Unless you have this. Very interesting structure where above the Aron, you actually have a tefach of space being held in by some stone structure, which could be chotetz of and every single Aron has this, then, okay, then maybe there's room to be mekel, and you can, even, I would say in such a case, if, there, if you were really sure about this, that a Kohen can go into such a cemetery too? What, you know, what's the, is, there's no tumma coming up. What's the problem? No, what's the problem? One second. We have an enormous, one second. In Eretz Achayim, as I think almost all cemeteries in Israel, the roadways are extra wide, and they make sure there are no trees going over the way. They call it the Why not? Sure. Just have to be careful. You have to be careful. That, they make it for that purpose. They make it for that purpose. Yeah, they have to just be careful. That's why they make it like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no din chalos on a base Achayim. There's a din chalos on a mace. If you're Careful to not go into the, uh, into the, you know. Imagine you have a base Achaim where people are not buried, you know, till uh, a mile down. But there's an entry, a long entranceway, so a coming can't go in because it says cemetery. 
going and go in until where there are possibility of becoming Tamil Mace. So in such a case, you can definitely go in. So the, the Oren itself, unless you're in, in, in the Eretz Haim Cemetery with this fancy structure, which we, you know, we have testimony here that that's how they make every single cemetery, every single um, uh, mace is buried in this, uh, in this way. So then the Oren can't serve as a, uh, as, as a, as a chatzitza, as a, as, a, as, a, as a break, as a block. And, uh, and in Eretz Yisrael, again, where they bury the, the mace not in an Oren, for sure it can't serve as a block unless you have this, this special structure. So forget about the Aram. So the mace, the Tumas coming up, because of we said Tumas Awad, or we said Tumas Bokas, we all the other So now the, the plane's flying over, so the current on the plane, the summer is becoming Tame through the Tumas that comes through the plane. But then the question is, does the, coming, does the Tumas actually go through the plane? Maybe the plane itself can serve as a Chatzitza. The loch is, we have a machlokis about this, that if a Kohen goes through a cemetery in a locked box, right? Shida table migdal lockbox. So maybe that, and it, there's no space, there's no air, there's no hole. I don't know how he's breathing, but that's a separate shayla. Um, the halacha is that, uh, that he's, he's tar. It's considered an ohel. The ohel protects him from the tumma, and he's tar. So a plane certainly is supposed to be airtight. So maybe that should have the, the status of this airtight type of structure which protects a coin or protects anyone from becoming dummy if they're in that air type space. So the problem is, the Gemara says that this Shida Tibur Migdal, which is, let's say someone's being carried inside through the cemetery, is not necessarily an Ohel, which is Chotzitz, which blocks Mephneatoma, because it's called an Ohel Zoruk. An Ohel may only be able to serve as a Chatzitz, as a block for Tumma, if it's not, in a, if it's not moving. It has to be static. Stationary. If it's moving, then there's a machlokas. Ohel zaruk shmei ohel or lo shmei ohel. It's a machlokas. So the truth is, we paskin shmei ohel. Many of the rishonim paskin shmei ohel, which means that it should work. But then the other mishnah says that's only if it's an ohel zaruk. But if it's something that's flying, amazing thing, something that's flying, a flying ohel. That's not called an Ohel. It doesn't protect you from tumah. Flying ohel. What were they dealing with? Flying. So it's very interesting. Gemara and Sanhedrin. I just, I, I made a note right before I was able to read it to you. It's a fascinating Gemara. No one knows what it's talking about. It's just impossible to understand what's going on in this Gemara. Um, until the Wright brothers came along. <laughs> because the Gemara says that Doig Vachi Tofel, we're dealing with all these very complicated Shilas, 400 Shilas, 400 halachic inquiries concerning a migdal haporeach ba'avir, a tower which floats in the air. A tower which floats in the air. So you can imagine for about 2,000 years, we're wondering, what is a tower that floats in the air? What, is, what are they talking about? What's a tower that floats in the air? So, you have to say something, right? So the marshal, the Beis HaMikdosh, the Migdal, it's called the Migdal in Shira Shirim. It's referring to the Beis HaMikdash, Parech Ba'avir, because it's the Beis HaMikdash Shalmala, Beis HaMikdash Shalmata. You know, you have to come up with some explanation for this Gemara. It's, it's, it's an Agarita. <clears throat> then the Yad Ramon Sanhedrin says, well, maybe it's some type of Migdal which is being held up by some magnetic force. Maybe there's some type of magnetism that's holding it up. And that's the Shaila, Migdal HaParech Ba'avir. And all these Shailas that are coming up. Until finally we realize that maybe they were somehow prophesizing about an airplane or something like a migdal, a real migdal aparech bavir. It doesn't tell you what, it doesn't tell you what the shilas are, but it just says they were dealing with these shilas, a migdal aparech bavir. 
So one of the shabbos that comes up is, is what's the halacha status of a migdal hapareach bavir? Can it serve as an ol, an airplane? Because there was an ol. So it sounds like from the Gemara, perhaps you can say that if it's moving, it is considered an ol. But if it's if it's like a talus, imagine a talus that's that's blown by the wind, and as it's being blown by the wind, it goes over someone. You have a kohen who's being very careful. He's in the cemetery visiting his father, who's allowed to be there. But then there's another, there's another mace, you know, six, eight amos away, but he's not coming near that mace. And a big wind comes, and this big sheet comes flying over them, and it covers both the person, the Kohen, or any person for that matter, and this other mace. So the question is, does the Kohen become, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't touch, he didn't go on top of the mace, he's not, he's not Tahar yet, so, so that's what we call a talus a talus that's being, Blown by the air. Does that have the capacity to serve as an OL? So that's, the Gemara says, no, that's not an OL. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the status of an OL. If it doesn't have the status of an OL, maybe a plane which is flying also doesn't have the status of an OL. If it doesn't have the status of an OL, which means it can't block the Fneatumah. The other Shailism, and we'll come in a second, is that we always have to say, as we mentioned before, the only way something's going to block Tumah from coming into it is if it's made from something that's not Makabal Tumah. So what's a plane made from? Metal. Plane's made from metal. Is metal makabal Is metal makabal Absolutely metal makabal I think it's Sukkim in Parshas Matos by the Nochemes Midyon talks about the metal kalim that the Jews uh, took and they all had to be uh, kashered and they had to be toiled. They all have the status of kalim. What? What? That's correct. Mamid had bedaver hamakabel tumah. Those metal pipes are have the status of them, which is makabel tumah. And what's severe about metal is that metal, as we mentioned before, wood is only makabel tumah if it serves as a base keyboard, if it can hold something. Metal is the only, I think, is the only kli which is makabel tumah, even if it doesn't serve as a base keyboard. Even if it doesn't serve as a base keyboard. So if it doesn't serve as a base keyboard, <clears throat> that's called a pshute klimateches. So the airplane, even the bottom of the airplane, which is maybe just a flat piece of metal, is not chotz v'fnei and the tumah will come up. Now, one second. What, what exactly is the plane made from? And which metals exactly are makabal tumah? So the Torah says there are six metals that are makabal tumah. I only mentioned six metals. What are the six metals? Anybody remember? Kesef, Zav, gold and silver, Bedil, Bedil of forest, there's a lead, six metals. So the Shiloh is, what's a plane made from today? It's usually made from aluminum, titanium. It's not made from gold, silver, lead. It's not what, that's not what planes are made from. If you make it from lead, it's not going to be taken off too well. No, it's actually, the most current version are not actually made of metal at all. They're composites. It's composites, right. Ceramic. Ceramic. Okay, so now, now we're, we're in a different Shiloh. But assuming that many planes still are made from metal, so, but it's not made from the six metals in the Torah. So then the question is, again, if we can say that the plane is not Makabal Tumor, then we can start thinking about the plane itself serving as a Chatzitza. Maybe. Even though it's flying, and we said something that's flying can't serve as an Oro, let's start with the first question. Maybe it's, an, maybe it's Dover Shein Makabal Tumor. So when the Torah says six metals, does it mean Dafka these six metals? Does it mean six metals don't mean six metals? These are just examples of whatever would... Fall into the category of a metal. So, how would you, well, how would you define, or what would be the defining characteristic of a metal? 
And then we can take other things, and we can ask if it has that same defining characteristic of these six metals, then that's also a metal, which is also Makabal Tumah. So what is the defining characteristic of a metal? Well, the metals are the of their elements, right? Gold is an element. So all elements? Silver is an element. So Rav Moshe says, any, any, you take wood and you put it to a fire, what happens to the wood? Right? It gets consumed. You take metal, you put it to a fire, what happens to it? It melts. Any element, where, when you put it to the fire, it melts, and then you can reform it, right? That's called a metal. That's one possibility. Other possibility, I think it's called malleability. If you take the metal, you can break it into very thin sheets. Wood, you can't do that. Take it, break it into very, by pounding it, break it into very thin sheets. That's a metal. Either way, it could be that the six metals don't mean those six metals. It means anything that has the characteristic of a metal is also makabaltum, in which case, aluminum, titanium, unless you're making it out of ceramic, you're still going to have a problem because it's still considered a metal, and therefore it's still makabaltum. If it's makabaltum, it's not chot, it's mifneatum, and it can't block the tumma. On the other hand, Rav Moshe says, no, it's just these six metals. That's a tremendous Kiddush. Most of the Akronim do not say it like that. Rav Israel says, that's not correct. I mean, Rav Israel was written before Rav Moshe, but he says, it's, a metal doesn't mean those six metals. Why would Rav Moshe say those six metals? He says, because those are only six metals mentioned in the Torah. So is that a, is that a, do you think that that's a, a strong argument? Or a shvach argument? Let me ask you a question. There are seven chayos mentioned in the Torah. What are the seven chayos? <clears throat> the Tzvi, the Yachmor, what is it? The Ta'o, the Zomer, the Ako, the Dishon, Six, the seven. <clears throat> so, when we say seven chayos, do we mean just those seven chayos? You know, there are, it says deer. Which deer are we talking about? You know, there are 50 different types of deer species. So, we talk about elk. So, there are many different types of, and species of elk. So, the halach is anything that falls under the category of deer is kosher. Anything that falls under the L category is kosher. All types of giraffe are kosher. They're all kosher. So why would Rav Moshe say, metals, it's tafka these six metals. If it's not kasef and zav, medil, or then it's, it's, it's not makabal tumah. But when it comes to animals and chayos and behemoths, anything that falls under these categories are considered kosher. Why the difference? Can you think of a difference between the chayos of that everything's included as opposed to the metals where Rav Moshe Feinstein says, tafka these six metals. What's the difference? The difference is that animals can breed and become different animals. You know, within a species, metal is metal. By itself, but you can make alloys and create different species also. What? Yeah. So may, maybe the answer is, and Rav Moshe says this, is very simple. <clears throat> In addition to the Torah telling you which chayos are kosher, it also tells you simonim. It tells you what makes an animal kosher is mafresis paras of shasa malagera. So when it gives you those seven species, it's not telling you those seven species and specifically those subcategories within those species. It's telling you these seven species and anything that has these simonim are kosher. But when it says the metals, it doesn't tell you metals and anything that can be banged into a flat sheet of, uh, of, of metal. It says these six metals. It doesn't tell you any simonim. So maybe the Torah says these six metals and nothing else. And if that's true, then maybe the plane, as long as it's not made out of gold and silver and lead and iron, so then uh, it's not makabal tumah. It's not makabal tumah. Then maybe it's chotzes b'fneiatumah. But we said something that's flying is not chotzes b'fneiatumah. That could be something that's flying not on its own power, but if something is self-generated and capable of flying 
on its own, meaning it has its own kalak, be able to fly, maybe that is chotzes mefneatum. In which case, maybe you being in the plane itself is not a problem at all. Because maybe the bottom of the plane is chotzes mefneatum because it's not made out of one of the six metals. Wow, interesting. However, Jordan asks, maybe you have a much more simple heter, and that is, how high is it really going to be a problem? I mean, is the man on the moon going to have a problem of tumah because he's above, you know, he's above uh, the Cholon Cemetery? How high do you go? So Rav Shechter in his piece, if you take a, take a look, the whole Maramokam is Rav Shechter's piece. I just couldn't put together all these different Maramokamas. Rav Shechter has a nice sikum and, some, and a chiddush. I wanted to just share with you a few thoughts. He asked the Shaila. And the first Maramokam, if it's a possibility and maybe even a certainty that the plane will hover above and fly above a cemetery and don't tell me that the plane itself will be able to block the tumor from coming in because the plane is made out of metal they will go and we hold that something that's makabal tumah is not chotzes b'fnei tumah, and then he quotes the Rav Moshe and he says Rav Moshe is a big chiddush. <coughs> and those days, the imhav he wrote nasa me aluminum, and even if the plane is made out of aluminum at the time, olomi barzel ayin shuvas a gross Moshe sheyotzeli dom b'davar chadosh shulai matechas zu ena makabel tumah dadavka osam shisha mine matechas shenisgur b'tarim makabel tumah lo shamini matechas. Maybe it's only those six. Metals. So he says he can argue with Rav Moshe. It's not. It's certainly not Mukhrach. This is an old Zorik. He gets into all the shadows that we come up with, and then he says as follows: You know, maybe we could say as follows: The Tumba, the Gemara says, is Bokas Viola Adlerakia. Adlerakia means that there's a limit. Even the Tumba only goes up to a certain point in the atmosphere. At some point, once you're not up until the Rakia, but you're in the Rakia. Now again, where exactly that? line is drawn. Where's the Chut HaSikra to decide when you're going into the Rakia and when you're actually in the Rakia itself or above the Rakia? It might be the clouds. It might be above the clouds. So he says, maybe once you're in the clouds, Rav Shachta says, and he quotes others for him to suggest such a thing, once you're in the clouds, above the clouds, there's no problem of Tumah. It doesn't go that high. It doesn't go thousands and thousands of feet high. Maybe it goes thousands of feet high, but not tens of thousands of feet high. That high it doesn't go. In the clouds, you're in the Rakia, there's no problem at all. There's only one problem. It doesn't really help us so much. Why? Because when the plane is flying over the Cholon Cemetery, it's as it's taking off. Within, within, within uh, a minute and a half, it's already over the cemetery, and you're still not in the clouds. So you're still only in the situation of being out of the Rakia. You're not betocha Rakia. She says, you still don't have a heter yet, according to Rav Shachter. The plane itself, the Aron, that's not, he doesn't like. He doesn't even suggest. He doesn't even bring it up. We're saying that doesn't work unless you're in the Eretz, unless all new cemeteries are being built with this stone on top with an inverted space and nothing can get in. So then uh, we have no reason to assume that the tumah is not coming out of the ground, out of the Aram. So fine, the tumah is up. Then maybe the plane itself can serve as a chatzitza. Well, what's the plane made from? Ceramic? Wow, then maybe we have a real possibility of being matir. However, if it's not ceramic, if it's metal, you have to rely on Rav Moshe. It's not adapka those six metals. If you don't want to rely on Rav Moshe, then you have to say, oh, it's only Adar Rakia, not Betoch Rakia. Yeah, but you're flying over the cemetery before you're Betoch Rakia, so let's keep going and see if we can come up with something else. Yes, yeah, true. How do we judge the airplane? In other words, for example, you can imagine what's going on in the window. 
it's not entirely enclosed metal. Uh, the ceramic planes will still have some metal elements. Your seat has metal. So in other words, what, 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 what is your relationship to the thing that's made of tuma, and how do you judge it? I think if it's any metal at all, if, if it's, if, let's say if the whole plane is made out of ceramic, but there's one little sheet on the bottom, for whatever reason, that holds the wheels up. It has to be made from metal. And that metal is flying over the cemetery. The tumor will go through there. It doesn't have to be all metal for it to be a problem. It has to be all not metal for it not to be a problem. Any part of the plane that is macabre tumor, uh, uh, the under, the, we're talking about the underside of the plane, so any part of the plane that's macabre tumor will not be able to block the tumor from coming in. If you're sitting on the plane, so this tumor comes in as, as, as Tommy the Cohen. Now, one thing I have to say personally, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, I thought it was a little bit funny. We have to be careful that when we, it's my own personal opinion, I think it makes sense, is that when we pass in these shilas, we have to also, um, well, let me take Lenny's question first. I'll tell you that in a Does second. Tuma project down? That's a good question. Dr. Weinberger was just talking to me about that. Dr. Judah Weinberger was just talking to me about that. Um, it doesn't project down. I mean, if you're, let's say you have a mace in the plane. So can you, can you walk under a plane that's taking off if there's a mace in the plane? Um, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't think so. I, I, maybe it does. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, <clears throat> What's the source for that? I think it's Allah Chalamah Shemisina. The Gemara says it all over the place. The Gemara says it all over the place. Uh, you start there. But it's all, it's all the Mishnahis and Aholos. We'll say that Tumah Vokaz the Ola Adrakia. Yes? How does he know? The word Ad itself is this. Ad Vlad Ad Vlad Yeah, that's a good, it's a good point. It's a good point. I want to just uh, share with you. Um, where Rav Shachta says this on the bottom of the first page in Oz Gimel he says possibly Rav Shachta says it's on the the And he basically says is that he proves this from the halakhas of Tchumen that the part of the world that is up to the clouds is considered as being part of the earth, as connecting and being mitzarif and connecting to the ground below. But at some point we say that when you get to a certain point that's higher than that, it's no longer mitzarif to the karaka. I mean, it's not, we don't hold like this. But there was one Rav who suggested that when, 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 when did uh, Neil Armstrong make his way onto the moon? What was that, 1969, uh, right? How do you remember that it's 1969? Because the same year that he went onto the moon, what happened? Oh, I thought it was because I was born there. <laughs> I thought it was because that was the year I was born. <laughs> so, so um, thank you. I knew that you'd know that. So, um, so one Rav suggested that on the moon... There's no chiyuf to keep Torah mitzvahs. It says you have to keep Torah al ha'adama shenosaloch on the land that I gave you, on the earth that you live on, but if you're not on the earth, you have no chiyuf Torah mitzvahs. Why isn't the land of Amun is not on the earth? This is Kedua, Ha'ad is the land. Good question. That's also part of the Adama. And, and what point are you out of Adama? 
There is a place called the Rakia, the Shemayim. So when are you in the Shemayim? Is that only a spiritual concept? So he says, when you're on the moon, you put the from Mitzvah. I mean, it was rejected by all the other people. By the way, that love ended up, you know, he ended up becoming an astronaut. <laughs> he signed up to go to Mars. One of those, uh, one of those Meshuggah Nechevers. I'm joking. I have no idea who the Rav is. I'm joking. <laughs> I have no idea. If you're, on, I mean, if you're in that space, <laughs> right, I don't know. I, it's a good question. It's a good question. If you're, if you're not on the moon, but you're flying through, you know, above the moon, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's a good question. If you're not on the other, if you're right, right. I'm not. Listen, we don't hold like that, but it's an interesting shot. Just back yeah. just a little bit. When you talked about the criteria to block the tunnel, you said you have to have a tefach air space. space. That's correct. Okay. That's so right. In other words, because. Chuma won't travel through a solid medium, that way it'll only go through air. Uh, the opposite. The opposite. So that's the premise that why do we have an assumption that it's going to go through the airspace to be driven the plane? The ground and the plane. It shouldn't travel through the airspace. One second. One second. No, no, no. If you have, if you have a mace and above the mace, you have a tefagam space and then something on top of it that's not macabre to what the block. So the center criteria is missing. Something, right, exactly. I said what about the Exactly, then it goes right there. Exactly. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. What does the LL do if a base has to go from New York to Israel? The bottom of the plane is going to Right, so that's a good, that's a different question, but it's certainly related. Certainly related. A simple suggestion can be so you take the Oron, which is Makabal Tumma, there's no Tefach, well, actually, at that point, I'm not sure, let's assume there's no Tefach, but Baruch says there is a Tefach. But as I mentioned before, there are many other reasons why the top of the Oron will not block the Tumma. The top of the Oran itself, first of all, it's banged in together with the Oran itself. So it's no longer just a pshute kliyate. It now becomes part of the whole Oran. Number one. Number two, the top of the Oran may have the status of what we call a golel, which is makabal toma, even though it's a pshute kliyate. So that the Oran itself can't serve as a chotis. But let's say you take the Oran and you put it in another Oran on top of it, which is made out of ceramic or stone. Oh, so then what you've effectively done is you've blocked the toma. That's a simple... I don't know if that's what they do. That's what they do. It's a double Aron. A double Aron, right? A double one. So the second one's not the Aron. It's just... It's not the Aron, in which case it's not Makabal Toma. It's a packing crate. It's a crate. So then they can block it. And that's, that's a simple solution. That's a simple solution. Therefore, assuming that they do that, and it's a Elal that's, that, that's careful about these things, then a Kohen would go on a plane, even if there's a mace on the plane. And it could be that Kohanim Das would go on Elal because... They know what they're doing with regards to the halacha. That I don't know. That I'm not sure about. Well, it's, very, it's much more difficult to have shipped any other airline. Well, I mean, anything else. United. United. In general. United. In general. Okay. United. United. No problem. Yeah, but they don't have a double crate system, do they? They have to. You take a... Oh, they have to put another crate. And that thing... Okay, so if they put it in and there's a tefach... Remember, there has to be a tefach between the aron and the top of that other crate. When they're putting it in, yeah. So then you could, you could, yeah, there. So there are easier. There are there are ways around that. There are ways around that. Let's let's um. So 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 this Rav Shach is al achlo the bottom of the page achlo the tocharaki va'omid ba'avir hashachashet kamal makes avol va'omid over the same ba'avir shalom malu ba'avir if you're above the clouds. Therefore, perhaps that would not be a problem. However, he says, of course, that doesn't solve the problem. We've all solved it. 
Because before the plane gets into the clouds, we've already went through this obvious So basically, we don't really have much of a hetter here. It's not much of a hetter. How do quantum fly? I don't know. It's a good question. How do you fly out of Israel? How do you fly into Israel? I think into Israel, I'm not sure if they're going over that cemetery, but out of Israel, they are going over the cemetery. So I think what's happened over the years is they have redirected, um, in general, allows redirected their flights to not go over the cemetery so Kohanim can comfortably fly on the planes. However, let's assume that that's not happening and you're still going on the planes. Is there any other room? Do we have any other tzad to be matir? So the question is, and let's talk about one more thought that Rav Shachter brings down. And this relates very much to what we talked about a few weeks ago with regards to the medical school Shiloh and Kohanim going into medical school. In Osvav, he mentions, and we'll end with this point, that there is a Chakira about what exactly is the Yisr. What exactly is the Yisr? The prohibition of a Kohen being metame to a mace. What's what particularly the problem? If you recall, we said that there are moholes that while there's a Yisr for a Kohen to be metame to a mace, there is no problem whatsoever for a Kohen to become tome betumas mace. Say it again. The Ramah says, while it's true that a Kohen can't become Tomei from a mace, there is no problem for a Kohen to become Tomei Betumas mace. If you could become Tomei Betumas mace without coming into contact with a mace, that's not a problem. The problem is coming into contact with a mace, but not coming into contact with Toma that has Tumas mace. What am I talking about? Well, so we said, that there's other ways to become common become a mace without coming into contact with a mace. Let's say a mace is wearing some type of metal ring known as cherev kuchalol. That metal ring, after it's taken off, has the status of the mace itself, the highest level tumah that, that anything can attain. So now this Kohen takes that ring, puts it on his finger, takes the necklace, puts it around his neck. He's now tumah but tumah's mace as if he came into contact with the mace. But he's allowed to do that because in fact, it's not a mace. This cherev, what we call cherev, this ring, this metal utensil, has the status of the mace. It gives off tumah as if it's a mace, but it's not a mace. So the Kohen can come into contact with that cherev. And that's how Rav Gorin and others, and Rav Herzog, Bidi Evid, as I mentioned, that my friend John Kaplan's father, that the, the, the Shalom was written about him, about the Bachar Hanale, who was a Kohen who wanted to go to medical school. So the person says, I don't know if I recommend it, but if he's doing it, he can't come in a barrier. He understands that there's room to be makal. So Rav Gorin said, with the Kherif Kahal, Rav Gorin said, the Kherif Kahal, Rav Hartzog didn't even give this suggestion. He just replied on the uranium that we were talking about. That maybe there's no Tumam Bechlal by, by a Mace Goy. And in Kutzlaretz, you could assume that the Mason in the middle of the Sula Mace Goy. But what does he do? He puts on the ring, puts on the ring. Now he's Tommy at the highest level. Tommy at the highest level. So to go become Tommy to, to a Mace, I'm not becoming Tommy. I'm already Tommy. I'm becoming what Tommy? So why, by the way, according to that, why can't every Kohen who's already Tommy, because probably most people are Tommy, go to any funeral? The answer is because he's not wearing that special ring, that magic ring. If you recall, Sam was already going into business. He started the website, deadrings.com, right? For Kohanim. Why? Because this allows a Kohen, according to those who say that it allows a Kohen, to go to medical school, to become Tommy, to, 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 to Mason. 
So when a person doesn't have that and he leaves the funeral, he leaves the hospital, so his level of tumah goes down a notch. He's not, no, we're not going into the details. He's no longer a tumah, but tumah b'chiburin. And then when he goes back to the hospital, when he goes back to the funeral, he goes back to the cemetery, his level of tumah is increased. So that you can't do. That's why this cherev chol is such an important part of that unique hetter. So if that's true, so then why doesn't everyone just do this? Why don't we just use this hetter? Kahanim should be able to go to medical school. So all the different poets can have different reasons why for hundreds of years we never relied on this. Rav Moshe has one tshuva, Rav Shechter has a tshuva too. And Rav Shechter's tshuva, he says, because the nature of the iser of becoming Tomeh B'Tomah Smeis is not about the Tomeh per se. Haraya, Ramos says, you can become Tomeh to the ring. It's no problem. It's not the Tomeh Smeis. It's the Hiskar. It's coming into contact with the mace. And in theory, very interesting, if a Kohen would be come into contact with a mace without becoming Tomeh, it's also a problem. And by the way, maybe that's the position of the Rambam. The Rambam says that a Kohen, even if he's holding a mace, he still can't come into contact with another mace. Why? Because there's more contact with Mason. A Kohen is a stay away from contact. It's not about the Tumas Mace. It's about the contact with the Mace. By the way, it sort of doesn't work so well. Because what does the Pulsic say? Lenefesh, lo yitama ba'amu. Now, of course, you'll ask, yeah, but it also says, I'll call Nafshos Mace lo yavo. So maybe there are two E's sort of going on. One's Tumas Mace, one's Hiskarvus Mace. This being said, if we were to conclude that the Isser of a Kohen coming into contact with the Mace is not about the Tumah, it's about the Hiskarvos. And if Shachter suggests in the last paragraph, he says, well, maybe, maybe, if you're flying high, you're in the plane, you're flying, you're hundreds and hundreds of feet away from the Mace. It's possible that the same way we allow the Kohen to come into contact with the Cher of Kacholo, because even though there's Tumah, there's no Hiskarvos, when you're flying over, what is there? There's, there's Tumah, but there's no Iskarvus. Just like the Cherub. Why can't a Kohen touch the Cherub Kachal? Because even though there's Tumah, there's no Iskarvus, well, flying over the cemetery, I mean, that's not, you're as far from the mace as possible. First of all, you're going to be here in a second, you're going to be gone in a second. But it's not just a second, it's that you're flying high above the ground. There's no, no one in their right mind, unless you are like us, thinking about these things, would think that that's his scarvus Now, our natural reaction would be when we get a shot of the He's so high up, he's so far away, there's so no contact with The answer is, exactly. And that's exactly the reason to be makel. Because even though there's Tumas Mace, there's no Iskarvus Lameis. So the same hat that we give for Cherev Kachalo, why the Ramah says, you can touch this ring that has Tumas Mace, since there's no Iskarvus to an actual Mace, that's why he, perhaps, he says, perhaps, the Kohen does not have to worry about flying over the cemetery, because although there's Tumas Mace, there's no Iskarvus Lameis. Last line. Ukvar bi'ar milamala, who lines from the bottom. Where the Kohen comes into contact with the Mace, where he'll be taller. It's also awesome. 
You can't come, a coin cannot come into contact with a base, even if it's going to be taller to Allah. What do you have such a case? A pregnant woman? Husband's coming. The child. You have the child there. The boy. Boy's coming. The boy is not coming yet. Why? Because I'm born yet. So there's a shikha that says, well, maybe she can't go to a funeral. Why not? Because the baby will, what? Become common? Babies don't become common when they're in the womb. That's called the hard blue. When it's absorbed, based on starters, let's say, no, that's not blue. When it's in the belly, in the, in the, in the cavity of the body, there's no problem with the heart. So what could it, how could it possibly be a problem for a woman who's pregnant with a boy whose husband's are coming to go to a funeral? The answer is, there's no Thomas going. What is there? There's no Thomas. There's no Thomas, right? but there is Sargus. So the same way it's also to have a Sargus without Thomas, it's also mother to have Thomas without a Sargus and So Trevor says maybe that's the reason why you could be Mako for coming flying over this. Okay, we'll stop with a lot more talk about. We'll stop here. And as Rasa said, next week we'll start with a new studio and we'll learn for another two or three more weeks and then we'll take a, a little bit of a longer break. Have a wonderful day, everyone.